Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is going to be sharing about the importance of a morning routine and how she uses this in her life. And just like me, she started out in the corporate world before making the decision to start her own business. So we're going to have a lot to talk about, both with the morning routine and talk about our corporate experience as well. And in her business, our guest is a brand strategist who successfully runs two businesses. So please welcome Chrissy Robinson. Chrissy, I am so glad that you are here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And for anybody who's not looking at the video version, I just have to shout out her background because it's like the most beautiful background that I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I love the love again. Like you're just yeah. gonna, my teeth are going to get cold by the end of this because I'm going to be smiling so hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so funny. Well, <laughs> let's take everybody on a journey. So tell us, tell us all about you. Tell us about what you were doing in the corporate world. Tell us why you started in your business and then what you're doing today to help people. Yeah. So in order to tell you what I was doing in corporate world, I got to take a few steps back into kind of like how I landed in this space. So I was going to school for business management and computer information systems. And I landed this great internship, great opportunity. And um, I had this VP at the time who gave me a Mac and was like, you can have whatever you want on it because as an intern, you can play with different fields. And so even though what I was doing, which was like business analyst and technology, had nothing to do with it. They gave me Photoshop and Illustrator. And I was not a designer, graphic designer, none of that. I remember the first design I made, it was butt ugly. I mean, bad. I didn't even know how to make a box on Illustrator, which they make it confusing for the record. For anyone who's getting started, it's confusing. Like you go to the document tool, but you're like, oh, that's a rectangle too. Anyways. Well, I mean, I, I started using Illustrator at this point, like 15 years ago. So I'm sure things have drastically changed. Yes. yes. But still confusing. Yeah, go ahead. And so I started dabbling into design, dabbling. I've always kind of been business focused, business minded, but I didn't quite know what it is I wanted to do. And so was working in corporate, ended up getting hired in was in love with a life. I was one of those people who were like, I'm going to retire from here. I didn't see anything else. I had my businesses. I've always had color addicts since 2014. 
it was kind of like a side hustle, but very thriving. Like I had clients, I was working with people. It wasn't one of those things I would pick up and put down type of thing. It was pretty consistent for the most part throughout the years, but it wasn't something that I saw being my full-time income for whatever limiting beliefs that I had about money, about uh, what it would take, about getting clients, about pricing mindset, charging the right prices to have a sustainable living wage. A lot of things that were in the way, but I just figured this this corporate track was the way for me. Unfortunately, I was underneath some really poor leadership because I got transferred. You know, you know, corporate just changes people around like they're just like, you know, Lego like pieces on a chessboard. Yeah, like just, <laughs> just oh, you go around. over here, you go over there. And I got landed under someone who was not um not okay with my growth, not not invested in me, not invested in where, where I was trying to go. Like my previous VP who was like, give you this, explore this thing. It was very like exploration, let's figure out what's best for you. Cause I was young. I was really young, fresh out of college. And so I wasn't really clear about what I wanted to do. And instead of guiding me and giving me options, it was just kind of like stick to this path that I think you should do. And so that pushed me to the edge. Mentally had a breakdown. It was bad. For seeing the therapist for the first time in my life, which I love therapy, but never should you ever feel pushed to it. So I hit a wall in my life and I eventually, not by my own terms, had a separation from the company, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me. So what ended up happening is when I lost my job, I said, okay, I'm gonna give myself three months to replace my income. I was already making money with two different businesses at the time, completely different business that doesn't exist today. Um, and then Color Addict. And so I told myself, okay, I'm going to focus on Color Addict for three months to see if I can replace my income. And I did. However, I killed myself doing it. I was working with lots of clients for really cheap projects. I was like a hamster wheel, just getting out work. I was working till 4 a.m., getting up at 7. I was doing shipped and doing all these other things. I was able to make the money, but I killed myself, or not killed myself, but I was doing really poor practices doing it. And so what that told me for the next six to nine months, my focus was how to make what I need to make and make it sustainable, right? So how can this be scalable? And that's where the systems and the processes and things like the morning routine really came about, right? Understanding what I need to thrive. What was the environment that was necessary for me to thrive and create a sustainable living and income for myself and now for others. So that's kind yeah. of like my, my story in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing all that. And I know that that's like the condensed version. Whenever I share my own story on podcast, I'm like, well, this is like the 30 second version. I could take yeah. you on like the four hour right. version. It's definitely but, the condensed version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate that. So I'm curious. I'm sorry. Can you remind me what you were doing in the corporate world again? Business analyst. I was in uh, tech. Okay. So what, um, what made you decide to go into like, why did you start Color Addict like in the beginning? Because I know you said you had Illustrator and everything on the computer, but like clearly you wanted to do something design wise. Anyway, so yeah. like, where did that start? Yeah, so I always was really creative. I just didn't have, unfortunately, I didn't have the language. Like to be perfectly honest, when I was in high school, I had no idea what a graphic designer was. No idea. If you would have said that term to me, I would not even been able to make it out. No one in my family was in tech or even in digital. Also, it was a newer field too, to be fair. Like web, web development is not <laughs> the same it was back then. So just not having the language to talk about what it is that I do. Like I'm a very creative, hands-on person. Um, and just moving into the digital space, it was this nice meet in between. So for example, I used to 
color edit actually started doing murals you can't see it if you're not watching the video but see that batman i actually painted that it's got like actual sprinkles on it and he's eating the donut yeah it's got like texture to it because of the actual sprinkles that are glued on there and um I created that and I would do stuff like this, little silly things like this for people. That's how Color Radical was really originated. But then when I got into more of the digital space and being able to create things much easier to be fair and to correct your mistakes and all that. And it was also, I love technology. So it was like a perfect little meet in between, Um, but I've always been creative. And so to answer your question really direct, it was always in me. I just didn't know that the digital space was even a thing. I was more of like decorating um, homes and creating jewelry and creating paintings. And I wasn't, I was, I've always been the type of person, I say this a lot in different podcasts. I was one of those kids who would sit in a business and be like, they could be doing this and they could, I'd see all the opportunities. And back in the day, I would call it like customer service, customer experience is what I was interested in, like making things better. But really, it's brand strategy is what it is. It's it's understanding your brand's experience, right? Your brand's personality. How do you show up for your customers? How do you show up for your clients? And so the design aspect of that, which people really do care about, is the visuals, right? The visual stimulations. And then the brand strategy piece is all of the other senses, right? Customer delight. How can you, what does it feel like to integrate or interact with your company? The personality, what is it like to, even as a partner, right? And being in charge and kind of, you know, facilitating that experience is what I love to do. So for me, it was a nice little meet between design and creative and also like the business side of things and making sure everyone's happy and gets what they need from whatever we're building. Yeah, no, I I love that's a beautiful marriage between all of all of the things that you mentioned, it, it works out really well and it molds yeah. really perfectly together. Um, I actually had a similar story too. I didn't know what graphic design was. I ended up getting my degree in graphic design, but like you, I wanted to go into interior design. And I was saying this before we started, but I, I don't, I'm not great at math. I will be the first person to admit that. And I found out the amount of math that goes into interior design. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. Really? <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Similar to architecture. Okay. Very similar. Um, because I actually went to the Art Institute to um, like tour their interior design program. And then while I was there, I could book graphic design. And I was like, what is this world? I think I like this better. I could like sit yeah. in front of a computer. There's not a lot of math involved. <laughs> I can handle this. I can make pretty things. So yeah, yeah th- it's so interesting because the world as it is now, like my family members were going to school for graphic design and I had no idea that that world even existed. Like 10 years or 12 years ago when I was in college well 14 years ago when I was starting college at this point wow aging myself I know I know I know (laughs) I I think about the time all the time and I'm like oh my gosh it's been so long yeah like time time is really passing we're already in the middle of March I know I know crazy (laughs) so crazy so let's talk a little bit about um your morning routine so did you have a morning routine when you were in corporate I'm gonna guess no but you tell me. When I was in corporate, going back to that place is a little traumatic, to be perfectly honest. When I was in corporate, I was just rolling out of bed and getting dressed. I was actually just telling someone earlier today because they were kind of laughing at me because I, I, I talk like I, I'm going to work. I'm, I am going to work. But like a lot of people, I'm sure you have the same like mindset around people who just don't quite get it, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. But like I say, I'm getting ready for work or I'm running late for work and people like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, I am getting ready for work, you know, and, and I, I don't look like this because I'm on a podcast, by the way, I look like this every single day. 
when I'm when I'm sitting at this desk, I'm dressed. And it's not like I just have on like the best things in the world. Like if you can't see me, I just have on like a floral jacket and a, a black top and some leggings, right? It's not super, you know, jazzy. I don't have on a bow tie or anything, but it helps me to feel good. But honestly, when I was in corporate, I was rolling out of bed, running late all the time. I was dreading every moment of the day, especially when I was under this particular leader. Before that, it was fine. But when I got under this particular leadership, I was dreading every day, every moment, every step into that office. And if someone is there, please, please remove yourself because you are worth so much more, so much more than to be in that toxic place. But no, I didn't have a morning routine. I didn't feel like it was necessary. Unfortunately, when it comes to working for someone else, you can slack off a little bit. You can, you can come with a piece of you and it still be sufficient enough. What I found in working for myself, you have to come whole. You have to, or as close to whole as possible, right? As close as possible for you right now in that very moment. You cannot show up and just kind of just half ass it. You know, you got to really show up for yourself. And that's where my morning routine really came into play. For me, again, it's about building the environment for me to thrive in. How do you thrive best? It doesn't, you don't have to look like me. If you can get all your things done in a sweatshirt, by all means, sometimes I wear Nike sweaters. You know, you can look at all the other podcasts, my IG live, it's pretty consistent. Like I, sometimes I'm in a Nike sweatshirt, but no matter what, I look good and I feel good to me. And that is all that matters. Yeah. So it's actually, it's funny that you're talking about like outfits right now, because one of my, well, most of the time I'll be like, okay, from like the head up, like I'll like dress up and then bottoms always leggings because I don't wear jeans. I'm wearing jeans in like four years. (laughs) I'm not going to start. Yes. um, One of my mentors is always saying like, dress like the million dollar version of yourself. And I'm like, this is the million dollar version of me. Like I'm, I mean, sure. I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. My hair's in a ponytail, but like I feel good about myself still. Like I feel good about how I'm showing up in the world. I don't have to wear like a $6,000 shirt in order to feel good about myself. It's like, like you were saying, like it's solely dependent on what makes you feel good. How can you show up most powerfully? Right. Exactly. And again, if if that's in your, if you feel sexy in your PJs or if you feel sexy in your yoga attire, wear it. But the point is, is for me, it's like a mental trick you can do really easily. I can tell you for a fact, so I do consulting and sometimes when I'm working with clients, they'll hit this slump and they'll stop showing themselves on camera. It's really easy to pick it out. They'll start doubting themselves. You can hear the language. They'll stop showing themselves on the camera and all that. And I'll say, what do you have on right now? And they'll say, they'll explain what they have on. I'll say, did you wear that yesterday? And most times they did. Like, really? That's interesting. Yeah. I think as entrepreneurs, if we're being realistic, especially when you're still trying to, if you're in that space where you're still trying to figure it out, that that space is dangerously close to like depression, right? Because you, you, you take on all of the unknowns as something being wrong with you. You take on all of the questions that go unanswered as something like your incompetence when it's not, you've never done it before. So how can you possibly have the answer? And so a lot of times when you keep hitting the same wall, you kind of slope into like what I would consider like a a mini depression, depression state, right? So you stop taking care of yourself. You stop brushing your teeth. You, you, you don't wear the earrings, you know, you, you, whatever, whatever makes you feel good for me personally, it's earrings, right. Or, Or jewelry. Like I like to have shine and glisten, right. But whatever it is for you, stop doing it. You stop taking care of self. 
And those to me are like telltale signs of like you struggling mentally with what it takes to run your company. And yeah, so, I'm glad you said simple, that. Yeah, Sorry, just I was simple, gonna tr- No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like <laughs> a simple trick is just to get up and get dressed, right? Especially another sign too, just for people who are listening, if you're working like in your bed or you're working like you've gotten too comfortable with something or you're because you got to have separation of duties. For me, that's what works. And so if you start going against what the environment that you decided is what you thrive in, then you have to kind of, but if, if your office is in your room, by all means, I don't recommend it, but you know, find what works for you is, is basically the message, but just notice when you start slipping because there's usually something else in there to just. Yeah. I, I completely agree with all of this. I have so many things that I want to say, Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've been in business for about six years now. And it wasn't until about the past year or so that I realized that, like you said, I was in like a low grade state of depression and I didn't even realize it. Now, granted, I also had a baby in that time. So I'm sure that there was some like, um, hormonal, lots of hormones, (laughs) a (laughs) lot of hormonal changes, but then I also left my job when I had my son. So it was like all of those emotions flowing in and then it was like all of the business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You were reinventing your identity and you didn't even know it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what you were talking about. What happens when you're starting this business too, or starting a business, scaling a business, whatever level you're in, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's new levels, new devils. That's what they say. Um, but I really like your tip on getting yourself ready in the morning, whatever way that feels great to you and separating yourself as well. I personally have an office, but I don't always want to work in my office. So sometimes I'll like take the laptop and I'll go out and I'll sit on my couch, Mm -hmm. but it's not because I'm being like lazy. It's because I would just rather sit my ass on the couch instead of a chair. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, and I do that all the time. And when I first got started, I felt it was very necessary. Sometimes we need to switch up an environment, but again, that for sure, there's a big difference between like deciding, okay, today's going to be, I call that work from home day when I sit on the couch. (laughs) This is literally my office. I do not consider this as a part of my home. I don't come in here. If I'm not working, like this is my office. And so if I'm working anywhere else, I'm working from home because that's my home even though my bed's literally right there. But anyways, um, that's how I kind of have chucked it up in my mind just because I need the separation. But if you're being honest with yourself, if you, if you continue to make that as a habit, you start showing up a little bit differently. You, I can't, for me personally, and plus I have multiple screens and stuff too. So it's all nice in here, but you know, I can't get the same amount of work done and the same amount of effort done in my living room and so think about it even when you work for corporate like when you work from home you're kind of more laid back and lax than you are when you're sitting at that it's a reason why they want you to come into the office a lot of people say my job can easily be done at home why do I want me to come to the office because it makes a difference in your productivity it's proven like this is stuff is real you have to create an environment you can thrive in and I'm a firm believer and it can't be the sofa. The sofa for, for sure is like a good getaway or another suggestion for a lot of people who need a change up in environment to just kind of reboost that motivation is like going to Tim Hortons or Panera Bread or like someplace with Wi-Fi. And just like one day a week, you just sit there and you do your work. Whatever works for you. I always tell people I'm never that person that's like, it's gotta be this way. Like I would never tell someone dress like your million dollar self. That just seems a bit much. I just say, do what makes you feel good. If you, if you feel good in a tank top and earrings, by all means, do that. If you feel good without earrings, do that. But you have to feel good. That's the point. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's so funny for me, like even like a coat of mascara or like drying my hair makes like, or doing my nails. So I do my nails all the time now. And like after I do my nails, I feel great. Yep, <laughs> like it's too. just like that tiny little shift. It's self-care, it's self-love. Yes. It's showing yourself that you matter. If you if you continue to put those things by the wayside and just say, I'm okay, just rolling out. I don't need any mascara today. If you continue to, you're constantly putting yourself aside for others. At some point, you have to consciously make the decision that you matter. And it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be a full face. Like anyone, I don't have any makeup on. There's nothing on my cheeks. You know, like it doesn't have to be you decide what it is. But the point is you consciously say, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to give myself what I need to feel good and to thrive. Yeah. And I know that's a very difficult thing for a lot of moms to do. I know that you don't have any children yet. So this isn't necessarily something that you could speak to. I'm I love sorry, what you or, said yet. <laughs> or in general, sorry. No, 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 no. A good thing. A good thing. I'm saying like, okay. speak it. You know, I want, yeah. I want husband and children and all the things. Yeah. Stuff. Well, speak. I, I, I shouldn't have said yet because I know some people don't want children. So that's why I was like, oh, oh take a step back you. in case. Yeah, no, I yeah. do. You're good. You're good. And <laughs> even if I didn't, I wouldn't be offended. I'm not one of those people at all. Oh my gosh, you speak that on me. I don't have to have. Not the throw shade on those people, <laughs> but. It's not that serious. I'm yeah, not but go with the flow type. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, no, me too, me too. But um what was I saying? I can't even remember. Oh, um, a lot of women specifically after they have kids, like I was saying before, like it's really hard to get wrapped up in your partner, your kids, doing everything for them, and yourself always comes last. And that was me for a very long time until I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I was so incredibly unhappy didn't necessarily look that way on social media because I was showing up as a different person, but Mm -hmm. behind the scenes wasn't always great. So if you're a mom right now and you're listening to this and you're like, no, that's not even realistic. Like I have to focus on everybody else. You don't. Yeah. This is coming from another mother of a toddler right now who honestly, the majority of the reason I wear leggings and sweatpants every day is because my child gets some kind of liquid on (laughs) me. And it's disgusting. And I don't want to wear something nice and get something all over myself. Um, So yeah, if you're a mom and you're listening to this, it is possible to give back to yourself to do self-care, even if that means like getting, I know getting your nails done may be like a massive thing, but maybe it's like taking a shower without your kid coming in. Like that's a big thing or like fingers under the door. Like that, that's a big thing. Yeah. There's like little tweaks. Yeah, although I don't have children, I have clients with children. And I, I, I'm i always in this weird, weird space because um, I think what's different about me is that I say, find what works for you, define what works for you. And so I, I will never forget about one of my clients who was really struggling with single mom and being an entrepreneur and doing everything on her own and very little support. And for me, she would say things that were really heartbreaking to me. Because at the end of the day, you are a mother and you can't change that, right? And so at the end of the day, you have to define what self-care and what what self-love looks like. It doesn't have to be like Chrissy's, who's the single with just a dog that keeps walking in randomly. I have no idea what she's doing. But, you know, like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look like mine. And so it's heartbreaking when you look, when you compare yourself to others and you say, well, I can't have that because I have this, you know, baby, you know, Jeff, I can't achieve this kind of self-love you got to decide what it looks like for you it cannot be the same and so if you're trying to hit these ideals that are unrealistic who cares at the end of the day if 
if, even if it's just doing your own nails, just giving it a, co- a coat of color. I have clear on mine. I like clear nails, you know, whatever it is for you. And even if your kid just keeps messing with it, at least you try. Like at the end of the day, it's about a conscious effort to try. See, yeah. I don't know what she's doing. But <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Um, but it's just a conscious effort to keep trying. And I feel so many mothers just get down. And then I, I also feel like this, like, who are you to tell me? Because you don't have this. You'll never understand. But at the end of the day, I understand. I have a very, very strong sense of compassion and empathy. And I understand I can put myself in your shoes without having to be there. And so it, if you're comparing yourself to me, that tells me already you're in the, you're in the wrong lane, right? You need to define what your lane looks like and what makes you happy. And, and define, like, for example, one of the suggestions that we were talking about in the group was like um, having a, a like for oh a great example actually just popped in my mind. She was talking about a vacation she went on, but it wasn't a real vacation because the kids were there. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Poor babies, right? That's subconsciously, I understand as a mother, right? It's a safe place. So she's definitely okay to voice that. But you have to make the best out of your environment. You have to define what it looks like and no one else. You can't compare to all these Instagram people who look like they're, they're crying themselves to sleep at night half the time. You're getting a lot of like, I don't know if you've seen them, but I've been seeing people post and just like, hey, I had a mental breakdown and don't believe what you see on Instagram. We're posting the highlights. This is the real truth. Like what you're saying, like you can't compare yourself. I would just want to get people out of that mindset of like, oh, if, if only it could be this way, but it's not. It's not right. I mean, you can't like give your kids back and nobody wants to as a mother, yeah, nobody you love wants your children yeah, and you sure. would do anything for them, but it's just about being really intentional with how you're using your time, how you're showing up. So I know that everybody loves their sleep, but even if that means waking up like 10 minutes earlier to drink a cup of coffee without a kid literally hanging onto your leg while you walk across the kitchen, like <laughs> that is a form of self-care, right? Yeah. Or maybe you go to the gym with a daycare. It took me a long time to find a gym with a daycare, but now that I have, it's like my two hour break from the world because I could just drop them off. They have a two hour limit. That's my time to go there. And it's like, I'm giving back to myself. And I also have toddler free time in my life. And then after that, I buy myself a cup of coffee. So it's like, it's just very little things that I personally do. Again, do whatever feels really good to you, whatever yeah. excites you and lights you up. But I mean, those are just a couple of examples of things that I have done in my life and they've made drastic differences. Another really easy tip too is just reframing. So rather yeah. than saying like, I have to spend time or I have to get my baby his bottle, I get to, right? Like I, I get to do this. This is something I choose to do. Because sometimes we get stuck in the obligation world. No one wants to feel obligated to do anything. I don't care who it is or what it is. Like we don't want to feel this obligation. Something, something needs me. We do when we don't, right? <laughs> it can feel overwhelming. And so Maybe it's just saying I get to like I look at your world and I'm like, oh, my gosh, a kid hanging on my on my leg. Come on, please. Here you go. You know, I want to lift my leg and give it to your kid. Like so again, like you got to get out of the comparison stuff. You got to figure out how to redefine, how to reframe what your life looks like and make it what you want it to look like. Yep. No, I think I think that's amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of goes along with the whole morning routine topic that we're talking about, but it's really just determining what works best for you. And maybe you're not somebody who likes morning routine. Maybe you're a night owl. 
And maybe you want a nighttime routine. It, again, it's just doing whatever feels good to you at the time of day that makes sense for you and the way yeah. that you operate best. I like to be in bed before eight o'clock PM because I am secretly 80 years old. <laughs> you see, again, like I hear that for sure. And that's like, um, it's like your your new identity kind of conflicting with like your old self. Like you you want to be well rested. You're not 80. You like to be well rested. You recognize that you show up better with a good night of rest. So again, it's creating the environment that you need to, to thrive in. Some people have convinced themselves that they are night owls. And they, like my assistant, she works till like four o'clock in the morning. I don't tell her to do that. By the way, I believe in work-life balance and I literally push her offline sometimes. But, you know, like it's about finding the environment that works for you and not comparing, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes the, the truth is like a good nighttime routine is what leads to a good morning routine. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't set yourself up for success if you don't, if you're not off of a good night rest. Is that, does that rhyme a little bit? Like, you I'm gonna have set to yourself like- yourself up for success, for success if you don't have a good a- night rest. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm gonna put that somewhere on a journal or something around here (laughs) yeah that's like a good thing to like you know those like plaques that people have over their bed that says like always kiss me good night or something you could say it you can't set yourself up for success without a good night rest and then Chrissy says it just quote it (laughs) exactly exactly you can make that like a board and like throw some sparkles on there can be a whole other side of your business yeah Look at you just overwhelming me with all the ideas. All my clients do that to me. They're like, you could do this and you could do that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Please don't tell me any more ideas. Right, no more ideas. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I think, I mean, we definitely veered off into talking about a lot of different topics, but I think it was a really great conversation to have. I think it's really important for people to know but they're not alone. And if they are, like we were talking before, in that stage of low grade depression, there are people out there who can help you. And I don't ever want to discount therapy as something that can also help as well. So um, yeah, thank you so much again for being here. And if somebody wants to connect with you for your consulting or um, to work with you uh, with your brand strategy, what's the base? Oh my gosh. What's the best place for them to do that? <laughs> um, I would say either Instagram or my website, coloraddict.com, spell with K's. Um, I'm an open book, so you can ask me anything. I'm not one of those people that like charge $3.99 for an answer. So um, I would just connect with me in any way on your favorite social media platform, or you can just go to my website and book some time on my calendar. But if you don't mind, Stephanie, I would love to um, end with like what our routines are, just in case someone's listening for some inspiration on what their morning routine will look like. Um, I would love to just go through like just real quickly, like 60 seconds for both of us, really, just in case they're looking for that inspiration, you know, because I know it. when I built mine, I was looking for other people's inspiration. Yeah, go ahead. You go first. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull mine up, actually. So I have mine in, in the phone. I have a couple different apps that help me kind of facilitate my routine. Um, so I'm just going to go through what mine is. So obviously... First thing I do in the morning is make my bed. I can't tell you why subconsciously it really does help. Make your bed, people. Um, Please make your bed. And then I drink some water. I get dressed for success. That's how I am. If you're watching the video, this is what success looks like to me. Um, I brush my teeth, do my skincare routine, hair and makeup. 
put away the dishes um because i do the dishes at night but then i let them dry overnight so i will put away the dishes and put away any laundry that is from the night before i have an am nutrition drink with a bunch of tinctures that i take i do that and then i call this setting my space so i like candles incense diffusers um just aromatherapy type things, make sure my lighting is good. I do light therapy as well in the morning um, for at least an hour. It helps wake your mind up and get you ready for the day, especially if you're somewhere like me in Michigan where it gets dark in the morning. And then I water and feed my plants when necessary. So that's really simplified, right? If most of it was just getting ready and feeling good about the day, nothing like journaling or meditation. I used to try to incorporate those things. Don't feel pressure to incorporate what doesn't make sense for you. So. Mm-hmm. Yours is so refined. I just very quickly grabbed a pen. I was like, let me write mine down because I'm not fully sure what it is <laughs> because it changes so frequently. Like, honestly, my morning routine depends on if my son sleeps through the night. <laughs> I'm just going to be totally honest. If yeah. he sleeps really well, which he does at this point, um, then my morning routine goes something like this. I'll wake up and I am the type of person who likes to lay in bed. So like, I'll lay in bed for like 30 minutes and I'll do like, just like some alone time meditation time in there. And then I always make my bed too. I am so OCD about making a bed. I have to have my bed. <laughs> and then I will put my workout clothes on. I'll go downstairs. I'll get coffee. I actually am a journaler in the morning. So I, I also have ADHD. So I always have a million thoughts going through my brain. So I have to get them out. Yeah. Um, I like to like think about what my dreams were kind of like, interpret my dreams. I do that too. People think that's weird, but it's part I of my journaling it. routine. <laughs> I love it. And then my son will usually wake up at like about 30 minutes after that or so. And then we get up, we go to the gym. I drop him off there for two hours and have my like two hours of alone time. And then I shower and get ready there because like somebody's taking care of him. I don't have to be responsible for him during that time. So I'm like, I'm going to take advantage of this. So I, uh, I do that. And then by the time we get home, I usually eat something. So I also do intermittent fasting. So I don't eat until like the afternoon. Um, and then, yeah, he usually goes down for a nap still. Hopefully that doesn't end anytime soon, but it probably will. And then that's usually when I start to do any work that I have to do is usually around like 12 to one, somewhere in that range. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. I love it. And one of the really important things about morning routines is that it's flexible. So yeah. you have that if if he's awake, this happens. And if he isn't, this ha- that's still routine, yep. you know? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's basically the same things, but like, like I said, for nights when he doesn't sleep, like maybe I'll skip the gym and we'll do like a Zumba video on my TV that actually happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which to just re- put this all together for anyone who's listening, she still makes the time to consciously devote to herself, yep. whether that's with him or at the gym and someone else has him, right? Yep. Like you still are consciously making that effort. I think it's yep. beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. I've never really talked to anybody about my routine. So that was really fun to talk about too. So I'm glad you had to share yeah. our routines. That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do you want to share the best place for everybody to connect with you again, just so that they can get that? Yeah, absolutely. Can- absolutely. Again, it's either coloratic.com or you can find me on Instagram. Um, if you Google my name, I come up. I literally am all that comes up. Um, so Chrissy spelled, it's really weird. C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. But if you Google me, I will come up. You can connect with me any way you find, uh, necessary. Most likely you can book time on my calendar. That's the easiest way to get me one-on-one with you. So perfect. That's amazing. Thank you again for sharing all of that. And thank you again for being here.
Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.